0: Previewing every game of the UEFA Champions League. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Clubhouse Champions League betting preview with SportsBet.io.
1: Welcome along. It is another Champions League betting preview for SportsBet.io and Clubhouse Radio. Got four very intriguing games on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week in the Champions League. And as ever, joining me to talk about them and all of the betting opportunities therein, It's John Driscoll and Gavin Hamilton. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, fellas. And how are you two? All
0: good? Yeah, good, thanks. Good and looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: Well, I I was on Clubhouse Radio for Tuesday and Wednesday last week. And I was just making a mental note of little ticks, Gavin tick, mm-hmm. John tick. There was some good bets came up last week. So pay attention, everybody, at the back <laughs> of the class. And we'll go through the uh, two matches on Tuesday to start us off with. Always gamble responsibly, by the way, as well. Um, Chelsea taking on Lille on that uh, Tuesday evening, eight o'clock kickoff. A UK time in the Champions League, 1.33 for a Chelsea victory, 5.33, the tie 9.5 for a Lille win here if you fancy goals in this one over 2.5 is 1.73 let's start with you Gavin Chelsea mm. I mean they're very short but they should be too strong shouldn't they for the French opponents
2: yeah you would think so um, the the reigning European champions and now the reigning World Club champions as well although not not entirely convincing uh, this season really Chelsea I just I, I actually saw them at the weekend at, at Palace at, at Sellers Park and um, Palace played very deep and very defensive and uh, Chelsea struggled against them you know they weren't at all convincing and but they got the victory in the end you know they, they, they sort of eked it out with that late winner from Ziyech and they got some um, uh, there's nothing really exciting about this Chelsea you know you think of you think of great European champions of the past you think of the, I saw a picture of the Milan scene last week the, the 94 with you know, with sort of Maldini and Albertini and these great figures. And you think of the great, the great European club teams and Chelsea, this Chelsea team just don't rank amongst them. You know, people won't be saying, oh, that was the great Pulisic team or that was the great Havertz team or whatever, but they, Tuchel's done enough with them to get them playing. And, and Lukaku, I mean, it's been commented on a lot, I think, from that game that Lukaku against Palace had, I think, eight touches uh, in the in, in the entire game. And this is, you know, the £100 million striker. Um, and it, they're just not functioning properly as an attacking unit, but they've got enough, I think, to get past Lille. Um, Lille, are, you know, uh, ha- had a difficult season. Um, they You know, they're struggling in the French League. Um, they've had a lot of problems over the years with financial pressures. Having to sell players, and that's sort of easing a little bit at the moment. They've they've kept hold of a of a few players that possibly might have gone in January. Um, Sven Bockman, the Dutch defender, was, was heavily linked with Newcastle. Um but he stayed until the summer. Um, Jonathan David, I think, is their a Canadian youngster who's is the top scorer for them, really, in, in the Champions League, and, and their best source of goals, he's staying. Um, they sold a guy, Iconi, um, to Fiorentina a winger and they, they sold Rinaldo the Brazilian the, the, the fullback to, to Atletico so they've, they've lost players Um, they're weaker I think really than the, they were in the group stages where they they topped a group but it was a, a a relatively weak group you've got to say on balance that Chelsea will come through this they will probably make progress further in the competition Chelsea um, because they're that sort of team and and Tuchel is, is capable of organising them really well and, and the the Chelsea fans were, were singing Tuchel's name at the, the, the game at the weekend which is always a dangerous thing for Chelsea fans to do because the managers don't tend to <laughs> hang around for very long but they, 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 they clearly recognise that he's 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 the man who's who's moulded this team together and got results from them but uh, they spent so much money that they, they should and, and you know it's such a, an expensive team that they should come through this and, and you should expect them to come through it but I don't think it'll be particularly spectacular
1: I saw a little video John of uh, Thomas Tuchel coming into the canteen I think it was the, or probably slightly higher high brow than canteen would suggest um, at their team hotel, and he seemed to you know go around patting everybody on the back, big embraces. He seems to have got that Chelsea squad a little bit more gelled together. Lukaku was giving him a big hug as well, so he seems to be a bit on Would you subscribe to Gavin's thought process that this isn't vintage Chelsea? This will be a team that was remembered in fifty years time.
0: Yeah, but joyless, joyless but efficient, isn't it? <laughs> um, Chelsea at the moment. I can't, yeah, I can't, no, no, not a word of argument with anything. That I, Gavin I don't said. think they'll
1: be using joyless on the uh, marketing at Stanford Bridge <laughs>
0: <laughs> or in the Champions League uh, promos. Uh, yes, uh, joyless football with Chelsea versus Lille. Uh, so in their last, if you include uh, the extra time period, in the last eight and two thirds games, Chelsea have scored 10 goals. It's not too exciting, is it? They paid 100 million for Lukaku. The, the obvious. Trap that you fall into when you when you look at Chelsea of last season, they were well organized, efficient, physical not not dirty physical, but you know, modern physical, of running around a lot. And you tend to look at that and you think, all they need is a goal scorer at the top of that, and everything, and there'll be a brilliant team. And so you spend 100 million on Lukaku, but of course his presence disrupts all of that, doesn't it? And it and it and it so you lose the the fluidity of having Havertz in those attacking positions, or you know Mason Mount running forward in those attacking positions, and then you having to accommodate Lukaku into this structure and they just become stodgy by comparison which is not to say you know they're third in the league they'll probably finish third in the league they could win the Champions League is is, is the, the the reality of where Chelsea are they could win it again but you're looking at it and you're thinking who's going to score are they going to win 4-0 5-0 or something is this going to be 4-3? And he can't make a case for any of that. I mean, it's similar with Lille for different reasons. As Gavin says, you know, they, they've lost players. Uh, two goals in four games for them. So everything is saying it's going to be tight, but also everything says that Chelsea should just be far too strong. So you're looking at, a I don't know, a 2-0, that kind of thing. Is It's just everything points to Chelsea just being too strong and stopping Lille from having any effect on the game.
1: Looking at the uh, potential goal scorers in this one, Romelu, the aforementioned £100 million man is 2.12 anytime. Mason Mount, who, if he's fit, is 2.71. Timo Werner, 2.75. Pulisic, 2.85. Kai Havertz is 2.8. Would you go with one of the um, fancied ones there, Gavin, or would you go further down the line?
2: Well, I think that the problem with Chelsea at the moment is they've got, they've got um, the League Cup final on Sunday against Spurs. So, I mean, I'm wondering if Tuchel's got one eye on that. Um, as the, their best chance of a trophy this season, so th- there's a possibility of rotating players. I think so. Maybe Werner might come in. Maybe Timo Werner might come in as a with a with a view to um, yeah you know, the, the the league cup final uh, and 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 a rotation you know through the through that front line. So um, it, it's a risky one. I think I will possibly wait until I see the lineup. Um, and you know to see to see what uh, Tuchel's thinking. Uh, I mean, the, the tidy players, the reliable players for Chelsea are uh, Kante and Jorginho in midfield. You know, they, they're such such clever players. I mean, Kante just didn't lose the ball on, on Saturday. He's just such a such a clean player in that respect. And um, I just wonder if yeah, they're 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 solid players and solid performers, and and they'll always be there. And, and they're so reliable. The, the others, I'm just not sure about how how Tuchel will line up.
0: I think whatever we, we need to put a warning on whenever and mentions um betting on Timo Werner to score a goal. <laughs> I think it's just uh, it's not good for your mental health sitting yes. there watching watching him, you know, if the ball comes to him six yards out in the middle of the goal unmarked and it comes off his shin mm-hmm. and goes backwards, then you, you know the guy gets chances, but mm. is, is the least efficient finisher. Mm. Is he's the most amazing player, Timo Werner. For a player to have got to his level of the game to play for Chelsea um and play for Germany. And to have such poor technique is an extraordinary combination. He's you know, brilliant at all aspects of the game until it comes to kicking the ball when, in an in area of the pitch when it matters. And then he just can't do it. Um,
1: so a 2.75
0: anytime is not something you'd be lapping up then, John? <laughs> I think it's one of these things that I've always said all season. I've said, if you put your money on Mo Salah, you'll be making money. If you put your money on Timo Werner, I think over the course of the season, you'll be a lot poorer than when you started. Jorginho is a possibility, you know, penalty taker. You know, the guy doesn't get into the penalty area until... They win a penalty, uh, but he's he's what is second top scorer I think in the Premier League this season for them. He's got more than Lukaku, um, all from eleven point one meters, as as UEFA say. Well, your two 0 um, possibility is a six
1: chance on the Sportsbet.io site. Georgino to score anytime is three point five. Another one in the mix who keeps just popping up is Hakim Ziyech as well, isn't he? If he plays, he's three anytime. Let's uh, nail down our best bets then, chaps, on this one. Um, Chelsea taking on Lille on Tuesday. Gavin Hamilton, what's your best bet?
2: I, I think a narrow Chelsea win, so one nil Chelsea for me would be would be a safe one. If I'm if I'm going to be a little bit reckless, I think I'd go for Timo Werner. I think so. I, I think these are the sort of games that he enjoys because he will get chances. It won't be a question of just a single single uh, opportunity in a in a you know one off showpiece game. This is this is a. Over two legs, you know, he's going to get chances against Leal, so
1: I, I, I'd, uh, I'd 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 take a risk on Vernon. Two point seven five for uh, the bad technique to Werner, and one uh, nil to Chelsea is six point six. John Driscoll, right? I
0: will be slightly more generous. So a Chelsea win. Um, I'm still I still think under two and a half goals. So so you know that gives me the one nil and the two nil. And then if you want to double up, then Jorginho, or if you want a goal scorer, Jorginho.
1: Under two point five goals in that game is two point one four. So that's. The better side of W uh, money when it comes to Chelsea against Lille on a Tuesday evening. The other game on a Tuesday night, which uh, sees uh, Villarreal taking on the Italian giants, Juventus. Villarreal 2.57 for the Spaniards, 3.25 the tie, 2.9 for a Juve win. And over 2.5 goals in that one is 2.2. And this is 1.68. Let's start with you, John, with this one. How do you see that going?
0: They haven't given you an awful lot of uh, variation between the teams, and I can see why. that It's hard to separate this. The Villarreal are a decent team. They're playing better than they were uh, when we were discussing them in the, the group stages of the, of the competition. They won thumpingly uh, 4-1 away to Granada at the weekend. I know, uh, Dan Zuma. Uh, he's back fit again. He started the season sensationally. He's, he scored a hat-trick at the weekend. Um the previous game, they got a 0-0 draw, a thoroughly deserved 0-0 draw against Real Madrid. They beat Real Betis by, by two goals to nil before that. So 10 points from four games and and good good performances, good games to to, to, have, to have come through as well. Uh, so they're a proper threat to, to Juve. Juve's form is up and down. Uh, actually, I think they're unbeaten. Taking away, the, uh, defeating extra time in the cup they're unbeaten in 15 games, Juve. So that they've become another team that is actually hard to put away, hard to beat. Hugely experienced team throughout, of course. And so it makes it a very, it's a very close call, this one, which doesn't really help you, does it? But uh, <laughs> so there we are. But yeah. <laughs> You're looking. I don't know. Maybe even the draw is, is a possibility here with these two teams. Which, I was
1: going to say uh, sometimes when you can't separate a team, the, the tie is there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can you can back that. On at Dineshuma, by the way, three point one four. Any time for him to find the back of the net, which is decent enough price on a very good
0: player. And as he as took the say, penalties as well at the at the weekend because it had been uh, Parejo previously. So it's always worth in a close game having a look at the penalty taker, isn't it?
1: The tight three point two five. By the way, um, Gavin Hamilton, how do you see it? Very close, as John said. I think it's hard to call because they're two teams with,
2: you know, a lot of European pe- pedigree, especially Juventus. But they're not at the top of their game at the moment. I haven't been this season. Um, Juventus had this, you know, about this funny sort of period the last few years with you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, sort of holding centre stage for them, and and Pirlo coming in as a gamble as, as coach, and they're sort of recovering from that now. They've done some good business in January. They signed uh, the, the Serbian striker Dusan Vlaovic from from Fiorentina, who scored on his debut. He's he's a really uh, a lot of people were were looking at him. His price was I mean Fiorentina got a, a good price for him, sort of seventy million euros. He, he's he's a, a real prospect, um, and this is a step up for him into the into the Champions League. So, um, it'd be really interesting to see if if he can do something because they they've got the firepower. Juventus, you know, you've got they've got Morata, got DiBala, got Moise Keen. Chiesa's out I think injured now for the season but they've got firepower uh, and potential they're not what they were but they're a very solid team there's, there's a few doubts at the back a few injuries Chiellini um, is out um, Benucci's a doubt I think as well and they've been playing Alexandra, Brazilian fullback at centre back so it's not necessarily the solid Juventus team that, that people think uh, that, 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 yeah, that they're famous for um, so I think this will be tight I think we've got to remember that it's over two legs and Juventus would be happy to to keep a clean sheet and take them back to Turin. So it sounds like you're edging towards an unders play here, of under 2.5. Oh, yeah, but there's not a lot there, is there, with that? So um, it,
1: it, it's going to be tight. I mean, I think it's, there's going to be a single goal score in it, I think. Um, would you get I mean under two point five is one point six eight, Gavin. Under one point five is three. Uh, so much better price for under one point five. Is that
2: somewhere you'd, you'd maybe... that would that would be I think where I'd have to go with it, yeah, because I think I think Juventus will be looking at the, the two leg scenario and um yeah and, 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 and getting a, a win back in back in Turin. So um especially with their defensive concerns, I think they'll probably have to, to be quite conservative in the way they set set up. And although they've got the firepower, I think um, it, it, it could be quite tight and close.
1: Gavin you mentioned uh, Vlahovic um John's mentioned Danjuma both are exactly the same price to score if I was to give you a uh, just one bet which one would you 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 plump for John
0: I'm going to go Danjuma I think with with no with all due respect as we say in football to uh, Dusan Vlahovic yeah I mean
2: Vlahovic is a, he's a really tidy player Really, um, I mean, some of his finishes are really. They're sort of. He's one of those score. He's one of those sort of strikers who makes goal scoring look very simple, very easy, very comfortable. Um, but this is a step up for him, so it's a risk, I think. And 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 Danji has done done it this season already, and he's, he's back in form and and you know um, scoring. I think his first hat trick, although a couple of
1: penalties, but still a hat trick, his first career hat trick at the weekend. So I'd, I'd, I'd steer towards him. So um, basically, on the sounds of it, gents, at the moment we're we're seeing this one as being a fairly cagey affair they've probably been quite happy just to keep it uh, low scoring and tight so they can um, take it to their own home and, and win it in the second leg. What what would you be your best bet, John?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Because we don't yet know the effect of the the scrapping of the away goals rule, do we? It's going to take a bit of shaking down of that, isn't it, over a few weeks? Have a look at how teams are playing, but it could be that they're caught they're, they're cagey. I think I might just go with a tie if I'm honest. At three point two five. Slightly longer than the 1.5 unders, isn't it? So, and it gives you the, you know, it gives you the, gives you the 1 1, gives you a potentially a 2 2, although that's, I see that as relatively unlikely. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go the, the tie, James.
2: Go in. I think I'm going to go 1.5, under 1.5. I think that gives us um, a fairly good price. And I think
1: because it will be tight, and I think there will be a possibly single goal in it. Under 1.5 is three. The tie is 3.25. We're expecting that one to be a cagey affair on Tuesday evening. On to Wednesday then, chaps, as we look ahead to this Champions League week, and let's start off with uh, at Let's Go Madrid against Manchester United. Two point four five for the Spanish site, three point one four the tie, and three for Manchester United over two point five. Match goals is 2.2. Unders is 1.68. Um, Gavin and my beloved Leeds United were battered 4-2 at home by uh, Manchester United in the end, by the wind and by Manchester United. Um, they still don't necessarily excite me too much, Manchester United, it has to be said. Do they go there to win to Spain or do they go there to be cagey? We've been talking about how the effect of um, the way goals not counting double as they used to in, in Europe. How do Manchester United to take this one on I I think it's a really
2: hard one to call because potentially I mean Atletico are are not the strong defensive unit they have been in previous seasons under Simeone United are capable of goals and we talked before about we wondered where goals were going to come from and suddenly Ronaldo's found his scoring boots Fred's you know scoring world is and um and you know and and maguire will always be a threat of set pieces and and fernandez is 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 capable at creativity i'm just not sure how ralph Anyat will will approach this because he's he is a strategist and i'm still not sure whether he's whether he's the wrong man at the right time for united or the the right man at the wrong time there's something's not quite right about him he doesn't he's he's a long-term strategist who's been brought in as a firefighter He, he could always be the wrong man at the wrong time well, possibly yes, and, and and I think he's basically a, what I've always say about managers is that we, we give them too much credit when things go right, and we blame them too much when when, when things go wrong. And and um, Solskjaer um, was was, was, a, was, a, was a decent decent coach, a decent man manager up to a point, but ultimately it's down to the big personalities to delivering games. And this is one of those games that you you think is made for Cristiano Ronaldo to to step up and and do something special. And and enhance his reputation yet
1: further. So, is that is that possible? A is that possible? And B, that's what they pay paying the big bucks for, isn't it? Well,
2: that's what they're paying the money for. You know, and this is their this is their realistically the only the only chance they've got of a trophy. You know, they're out of the FA Cup, which is was potentially their easiest chance of a trophy. Um, getting to the latter stage of the Champions League is they will be the big achievement this season, um, assuming they can make the top the top four of, of the Premier League. Um, so, it, it's a tight one. There's potentially a lot of goals in it. Um, because of the way Atletico have played this season, and and the potential in in United's far forward line, but over two legs, Randy, might be thinking let's let's keep this very tight and uh, and let's try and do a job and and get them back to Old Trafford where we you know we we deliver on big European nights.
1: John Driscoll, you're a La Liga expert. Um, Atleti, as Gavin kind of hinted there, they always seem to me to be a team that was one like nil, or maybe two nil if they really went to town. Is that not the way they are now?
0: No, no, what he's, what he's I, I would liken him to a car enthusiast who's taken out the engine of, of, a, of a classic car, taking it to bits, and then he's standing there thinking, right, I don't know how to put this back together again now. And he's, he's pulling his hair out, and you, you'll see him on the touchline screaming at everyone telling them to calm down. He's, calm down! And it, may, you, it might be you, you you might be the one. So what he's, he's done within games, he's changed formations. From game to game, he's changed formations. He changes... The team around, it changes the personnel around. In in terms of the individuals in the defensive areas, um, it's almost worth a look at the start. When the team comes out, if Savage is fit and Jimenez is fit, which they haven't been that much, they will be stronger. If Llorente is playing in midfield, they will be stronger. But they are big ifs, all of those things, because he's he's chopped and changed so much. He's got this almost an embarrassment of riches of attacking players now. It's all a change. He's trying to change his philosophy. Diego Simeone trying to become an attacking coach is is like the the leopard changing its spots. It's it's you, you can dream of it all you want, but he just finds it so hard to do. He's, he's always wrestling with every every sinew in him. Is saying defend, scrap, be nasty, as they were in the game against Porto when they knocked out Porto at the end of the group stage when they had to get a. Res- they did get a result other than that that's the only game literally the only game this season where I think that they've done that now they got a really good result at the weekend they went towards Asuna they kept a clean sheet away from home for literally the first time this season they got three goals Felix scored early on Luis Suarez scored an absolute belter of a goal and uh, Correa got one late on so finally they come into this game against Manchester United with with a hint of form Um, (sighs) the fact that they're playing Man United is is a big bonus because Man United are not at that elite level of European competition. If if, the, if Atleti were up against, you know, Man City, Liverpool, PSG, Bayern, you'd say, no, no, this is not there. Can they get past Man United? Yeah, definitely. Because Man United, I don't know what Man United are. <laughs> you, like like Gavin, you, you know, you're looking at them and you're saying, right, so what are you, are you, a counter-attacking team? Are you trying to dominate possession? Are you a defensive team? I don't know. So it's fascinating. But So you're coming into a, a, a top-level um, knockout, Stage Champions League match with two teams, and you think, and you look at them both, and you think, what are you trying to do? You're you're an absolute mess at the moment.
1: I'd really want to see you write in the marketing literature for these three <laughs> sides. Absolute <laughs> mess now. These these sides are. I mean, Gavin, just to kind of extend John's um, analogy there, Simeone over his uh, flat pack furniture, not knowing how to put it back together. Yeah, Ralph Ronick's exactly the same, isn't it? They, they I mean. They are a mess, aren't they? They're all over the floor rather than actually striding towards glory.
2: Yeah, and and Ranieri's brief is really is is almost to look at what's happening off the pitch more, and and to you know to come up with a strategy for hiring a coach in the summer, and 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 you know he uh, he, he's assessing the club as a whole, um, and what happens on the pitch is almost um, secondary in a way. You know he he can he can do so much, but like John says, he doesn't have a, a strategy as such, a tactical. Yeah, you know, he he has played in that a certain way before with this four-two-two-two formation, but he's sort of moved away from that as well. And um, you know, he's obviously got a complicated situation with Mason Greenwood not playing um, and out out of out of contention. Um, and there are rumours of discontent in the squad at, at Ranier's style. So um, it's up to the players to to get up and deliver in this one, and I'm I'm not sure they will. It's not the sort of game that United will take by the scruff of the neck away from home in Madrid. I think they will be quite cautious, um, and so I, 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 there are the, the the low goals isn't an attractive price, is it? So um, that's a recognition, I think, of the cautious nature of the, this. But there won't be goal, many goals in it. Uh, I'm tempted to look at Atletico scorers because I think they Atletico if they if they are solid. Um, organised at home then they're capable of of, of, of nicking something from this um, and they've got the talent to get it so that would be an option I think to look at the Atletico scorers on the night
1: Could I could I see your low goal suggestion and raise your high goals because the if we have got two teams that aren't quite sure what they're doing Manchester United six goals against Leeds at the weekend John agreeing with you that Atleti aren't quite the team that were dour and seeing out 1-0 victories in the past maybe goals could be a play because both teams contribute to their own downfall
2: Yeah I think that's that's possibility um yeah it's a sort of chaos theory of uh, you know a coach is not really being in control of things um so that's that's a that's a possibility maybe that's where the, the price is I, i'm i'm just thinking that both teams will maybe set out quite conservatively and quite cautious maybe goals second half goals is something to look at um as as as, as the game
1: opens up and mistakes are made um that might be where to, to go with it and that's the thing, isn't it? You, you can't make progression through to the next round really in the in the first leg, but you can kind of almost lose it in the first leg, can't you? John, I heard Simeone's name mentioned as a potential for Manchester United. I don't know if you've heard the same kind of thing, but if Ralph Ranick looks to his left and sees him on the floor trying to assemble this mess that you're talking about, it's not going to be a great uh,
0: um job interview, is it? Uh I would Simeone would be a strange appointment for, for Manchester United. Um and he's, he's you can argue that there is not a coach at a club anywhere who has done a better job than Diego you know, Simeone. They were a shambles of a club, a bit of a laughingstock, a bit of a, I apologise for this in advance to anyone listening, a bit of a Spurs, who were obviously a big club, but never won anything. And you sort of thinking, it well, is it was a mess. And then he turned them into what we were talking about, Chelsea earlier, you, you know, this super efficient unit that won stuff that, you know, it, we, we thought Real Madrid and Barcelona were unassailable. When when Simeone went there, and yet he's won the league twice, got to the the Champions League final. So unlucky not to have done more. But they have won the Europa League in that time as well. So he's he's done a brilliant job. But um, you know what, what Gavin was saying about managers probably get overrated and underrated. That Atleti is a rare example of a club where it is all down to the manager. He has a huge amount of of power, a huge amount of say in the in the transfer market. If Manchester United are trying to move to a new model, of, which is not a bad one, I think of experienced sporting heads in the management of the club, so it's not all down to some marketing expert who suddenly then thinks he can run a football club, which is where they've been in recent years, Simeone would seem an extraordinary choice to put into that, this volatile (laughs) alpha male character who, who, you know, he's not going to be... Um, you know, Ralph Rangnick sitting in his office. Simeone, what's going to go knocking on his door asking, you know, "Is you not know, you know, please, Ralph, can I have a, a new fullback?" That's I can't see that. It, it seems like it just seems like a million miles. Well, I, I think if you want Simeone, you you get everything that goes with him, and you, you know, and there's a case that he moves on from Atleti because he's been there so long. But I, I can I can see him at Inter or somewhere, you know, because he's got the connections there. It probably makes more sense. Although apparently he's been learning English, but then doesn't I don't think that proves anything.
1: Luis Suarez is 3.1 anytime. So is hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo. You've got Correa at 3.14. Kuna at 3.33. Cavani, 3.75. Marcus Rashford, 3.66. They're your um, leaders in the goal-scoring markets. But let's, let's nail down our best bets for this one. Start with you, Gavin. Where would you take me? I think I'd look at the scorers
2: on the night, sorry, the starters on the night to see to see who, who's who's been selected. But I'm, I'm tempted by your 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 high goals argument. I think so. Over two point five would be interesting for me. I think that that's where I'm now moving. I think given the, the, the chaos theory, I think I'm going to go for and an go go for a a,
1: a slightly chaotic chaotic game. The don't know what you're doing. Bet 2.2 uh,
0: for over 2.5. What about you, John Driscoll? <laughs> so, in terms of goal score, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo scored 25 goals against Atletico Madrid over the years. So, uh, but it's a bit of an old, It's a bit of a nostalgic bet. That one. So is Suarez. I wouldn't start with Suarez if I was Simeone. Don't think he has a big against against big teams. For all of United's problems, they're still a good team full of good players. I don't think he affects the game enough. I'd rather, from their point of view, he was coming off the bench to influence the game later. But I don't think Simeone will see it that way. Carey, is the underrated player I think for for Atleti. Not a spectacular player, really effective uh, operator. Um, so uh, again, yeah, I, I'll 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 take your high goals. And I, if, if you want a player, I will go Angel Correa
1: Angel Correa three point one four any time. And we're fancying the over two point five goals. Then in that one at two point two. The final game to look at in this week's Champions League sees Benfica taking on Ajax. Four for Benfica, 3.8 the tight, 1.86 for Ajax to win. 1.7 if you fancy over 2.5 goals, 2.16 if you want to go unders. John Driscoll, Benfica or Ajax?
0: Uh, I this is the word, I'm clearest on this one. I think I'll go Ajax here. Home advantage, decent form, good run of goals of goal scoring and winning league games. The five clear in the Eredivisie. Uh, Benfica, by contrast, are well off the pace in Portugal. Draw at the weekend, bit of a mess. So I'm relatively clear. Yeah, that uh, you know I think Ten Hag has done a terrific job. It could be the the his last days at Ajax. It would be a great loss for them, but far more sense. For him to be the next Manchester United manager, so yeah, I'm, I'm saying Ajax. I'm saying Ajax relatively comfortably.
1: Ajax relatively comfortable uh, for uh, John Gavin. Would you concur?
0: I would.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like this Ajax team. We've been talking a lot about them. They're um they're a great team. I, I think they're arguably better than the team that um that reached the semi final three years ago. Um, yeah, that lost to Spurs in that that dramatic game in in Am- in Amsterdam. Um, it, it's a difference in because they haven't got this sort of core of, of homegrown players that they had last time with Frankie de Jong and Van der Beek and, and Delik. They've got, they've they, they've spent the money from those guys really well. You know, um, Sebastian Aller didn't performed well at uh, West Ham, and, and West Ham thought they'd they'd done well by offloading him to Ajax for a lot of money. But he's been outstanding. Um, you know, scored tons of goals. Anthony, the Brazilian, is is now a fixture in the national team, uh, and will probably move on from Ajax in the, in the summer. They've done a couple of interesting deals over the, the January window, um, bringing in um, a couple of Dutch youngsters. And it's, it's it's unusual for Ajax to to sort of bring in Dutch players who've who who have not done well abroad. They've um, they've got a guy, Mohammed uh, Iketaren, I- I- who was a, a PSV sort of a protege, um, and has uh, went to Juventus and went on loan to Sampdoria and, and really struggled in Italy and has come back. And he's quite a difficult personality, but that's been an interesting one to see how he if he has an impact. And and another guy called Brian Brobe, who, who was at Ajax and, and ran down his contract and left last summer on a free to Leipzig. Um, and, and has now come back on loan to Ajax. He's an interesting guy, another striker. So um, they've got some extra firepower. So this, to me, suggests a lot of goals for Ajax. Um, Benfica have, have been struggling. They're, they're, they're behind, out, out of the title race in Portugal, behind Porto and and Sporting. And um, I, mean, I think at the weekend, they drew 2-2. They were 2-0 up and then conceded twice and were, you know, were lucky to get the point. So they're fragile at the back. They've got experience at the back. Otamendi, Petonghen. Um, but I, I think Ajax are capable of, of damaging them. Remember, Ajax in the group stage had a, two very strong victories over Sporting uh, in, in you know uh, home and away, uh, and and Sporting are you know a, a better team than Benfica. So I think this this points to goals for Ajax really, and and uh, uh, yeah, it'll be the uh, the highest scoring game of the time, of the
1: round, I think. I was about to say that, Gavin, Um, John, when I looked at these four fixtures Tuesday and Wednesday, I thought this one screamed goals more than the others. Gavin um, seems to be agreeing with that, would you?
0: Yeah 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 It would Yeah um, Because Benfica do have firepower Big fan of Darwin Nunez The young Uruguayan striker They've, they've always got too many strikers I think I've said this before Benfica But it doesn't change Because they have got You know Highly rated Juremchuk uh, The youngster Gonzalo Ramos Everton But none of those guys Are really Juremchuk's got a few But none of them Have really got the kind of Goal sc- scoring tally That they need To sustain a title bid uh, Terap scored at the weekend Didn't he He was a, he was a superbly talented player But yeah I, I can't see that Sort of dad's army defence really keeping Ajax out either so yeah I'm I'm, I'm happy to to say you know maybe we we'll are looking at over 3.5 goals for the for the tie and and Ajax getting most of those you know a 3-1 wouldn't be or a 4-1 wouldn't be a massive surprise
1: over 3.5 match goals in this one is 2.71 and if we go down to the uh, correct score market Benfica to score 1 and Ajax to bag 3 of them is 13 so you can get some good prices if you want to go over the uh, correct score um, markets in that game in terms of the goal scoring then if we fancy in goals it would be wrong of us not to look at potential names to get on the end of the, the goals um who, who are we gonna go with i mean sebastian Haller is the uh, the leader in the market at 2.16 Danilo, 2.54 Dusan tadic is uh, three as is darwin nunes um where would you take me gavin for a goal scorer what was anthony the brazilian he he's um anthony santos is three point two five
2: he, he's a fantastic player. I've been a real fan of him this season. He, he doesn't score tap-ins. He he, he loves a shot, a curling shot, cutting in from the the sort of right-hand side on a left foot and curler. So I, I I would fancy Anthony to do something in this game. He will he'll be up for this, and he's um he's a real star. Um, been one of the the breakout stars of the European season, I think, and um, attracting interest, I think, from a lot of a lot of bigger clubs than Ajax. But. Um, uh, yeah, I fancy Anthony and 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 Tad. Do uh, send Tad. Give him. He's a fantastic player. Should I mean Ajax are a huge club in a huge history, but he should be playing in a major league and in a top five league. He's a terrific player and done brilliantly for Ajax. Um Yeah, he was the real star of that run to the semi-finals three years ago, and he's, he's still playing well. And um, yeah, he, he's he's um, certainly one for the assists. He, he's a decent decent option, but Anthony would be my my choice as a
1: scorer for Ajax. Anthony Santos 3.25 any anytime. What about you John for a
0: goal scorer back? Um can it be boring Golala? It's it's and the guy scored 27 goals this season. You know and you know I I, I agree with with Gavin about Anthony but you don't get in, you don't get paid any more if he scores a really good goal, do you? If you know if he, if he bundles one in from a yard, you still get your money. So um uh, I'm I'm tempted to go with with Haller just cuz I think Ajax will be that dominant that even though I like Darwin Nunez it's a long shot that they're, you know, that they're going to get many goals in this. So yeah, if, I'll take that. And I know it's a relatively tight, but 2.16 on our layer, I might, I might go with that.
1: They, they should introduce that shouldn't they marks for artistic impression for a goal and you get more for a good one an overhead kick from 40 yards is worth more than their tapping um, let's uh, narrow narrow down our very best bets then for Benfica against Ajax let's tell you Kevin Hamilton what's your best bet
2: I think I'll go for goals I think go above three and a half I think would be my my. it's a fairly safe one I think but I think it's I think there's, there's Ajax have got goals but I think Benfica have as well so I think it'll be an entertaining game and and, and there will be goals and uh, yeah, that's 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 where I go.
1: Over three point five match goals, two point seven one, and uh, obviously yeah, the way you're talking as well, both teams to score. Yes, it's shorter, one point six four, but we you know, as you say, both teams have got goals in them. John Driscoll, your best bet.
0: I'm going to go. I'm going to. If if you want to go, if you want to, you know, go crazy, enjoy yourself. Um, let's go over 3.5 and stick in a Halaire to score as well. Okay. Well, you get a decent price for that. Over 3.5, as we say, is
1: uh, 2.71, and uh, Sebastian Halair to uh, score. As John says, he is the uh, the maybe cautious approach. Maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it. But 2.16. Any time for Sebastian Haller to find at the back of the net? Benfica against Ajax Wednesday evening. Thank you very much for your time, gents. As always, Champions League, uh, well, it keeps going on. This round of sixteen lasts <laughs> for about ten years, is not it? So we're going to get plenty to talk about over the next few weeks. But John Driscoll and Gavin Hamilton, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Pleasure Great. as always. And uh, out there, gamble responsibly, and uh, tune into Clubhouse Radio, um, covering every single Champions League match as we go through this season. And uh, we'll see you again soon on the Champions League podcast.
0: Clubhouse Champions League betting previews with sportsbet.io.
1: Previewing every game of the UEFA Champions League.
0: Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.